Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, sports fans. My name is Jake Iguzuki. You can call me Jake Iggy or Iggy for short. This is Iggy's Sports Talk. So I greatly appreciate everybody listening to the show today. And it's crazy to think that maybe this coronavirus stuff is starting to slow down. Maybe we could start seeing some sports come on the TV sooner or later. And if that isn't the case, maybe we can just continue watching the Korean Baseball League. That has been pretty interesting so far. But I want to talk a little bit about American baseball and start getting into the mood to where we should be because, to the best of my knowledge, it's already May and we should be watching baseball games already. So I have a very special guest on with me today. So it's Jake Rocky Storelli, and he is the co-host of Talking Baseball with Trevor Plouffe and Jimmy O'Brien, and he also co-hosts Talking Yanks, John Boy Jake TV, and Talking Knicks. So you can go over and check out his Instagram and Twitter. It's Talking Jake. So how's it going, Jake? I'm good, man. You uh, you, you covered all of it. I I forget some of that stuff sometimes, but um, I'm good, man. Excited to talk talk some baseball, talk some whatever with you. Yeah, so, I mean, it's pretty cool that you and Jimmy not only talk about baseball on the Talking Baseball podcast, but you also have, you know, your your other podcast where you talk about the Yankees, you you have the podcast together. And it's actually kind of funny how, how I found your guys' podcast is I was just searching around on Apple Podcasts, and I, I, I go up to school in Plymouth, New Hampshire, so it's about a, an hour and a half drive from my house, and I usually just like to listen to, like, sports podcasts, and I'm... All I thought in my head was, I just want to listen to a podcast where they just talk about baseball. Like, all the MLB podcasts, they, they just never get in-depth about the stories. And so, I just put in the search bar, talking baseball, and there was a podcast, and I fell in love with your podcast ever since. Well, I appreciate that, man. And yeah, we, um, I, I won't do the full thing, but I mean, we started out doing Yankees. Uh, I mean, it was just like a side hobby, something fun. And then, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm more of a all kind of sports, like just a- any sports I'm, I'm hurting mm. right now. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, so when, once we started, things started getting serious, we started, you know, uh, deciding to make it kind of a career. Um, you know, I kind of wanted to branch out and do more general sports stuff, but Jimmy, mm-hmm. I, he's, he's, uh, he's a man of many interests. He's a big Yankees fan and he's a huge baseball fan, but he'd, he'd only been locked into the Yankees. So once his, uh, once the breakdown started getting pretty famous, um, and he started tuning into more games, we kind of hit a point where it's like, all right, I, I think we're going to be able to do. Um, you know, like a full MLB podcast. We have that audience. We we know we could kill it. We've been recording podcasts for two, three years at that point. Um, and yeah, man, I, I think it's uh, I, I think one of our biggest strengths is that we uh, we know our limits. <laughs> um, we're when we started doing talking baseball. I don't know if you started listening during the season last year, but we were racking our brains on how we wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the best concept we came up with was we'll do it at the end of each series. So every Monday morning, we'll recap the weekend series. Every uh, Thursday, Friday, we'll recap uh, the during the week series. And we, uh, me and Jimmy would take turns uh, kind of giving our own little AL and NL reports. Um, that way we could each kind of have a little bit of a pulse. But I, I think the biggest thing was we never tried to be like cocky or arrogant, like, there's there's so many baseball games. I I can't be watching 
you know, every Reds game or every Mariners game. So something we something good we did was we engaged the crowd and we said, hey, you know, I, I looked at these Mariners box scores and it looks like they got, you know, they got cranked all three games. But if that's not telling the true story, like if there was, you know, if you look in the box score, you can't see that, you know, there should have been a missed strike three in the next pitch. They gave up a grand slam. So we, uh, you know, it we we know what we don't know. And I think that's one of our strengths. And uh, yeah, man, it's it's just led to this kind of whole new world. And it's uh, it's been awesome. Yeah, I mean, especially when I watch your guys or listen to your guys' podcast, I, I mean, you really do touch all bases when it comes to just most of the teams in the major leagues. And especially when you guys talk about the Red Sox, I mean, I, I respect how you don't put your Yankees bias all the way into it. And you're like, you know what, screw the Red Sox, you know, and, and just, you know, really just, you, you know what I mean? Sometimes you can hear those just hardcore Yankees fans or hardcore Red Sox fans just talking crap about the other team. And I have, I have a Red Sox podcast myself, and, and anytime I talk about the Yankees, I sort of try to look at it as, as a baseball bias or just as a baseball fan and just really sort of analyze sort of as a baseball fan. So what is going to be happening with the Yankees and, you know, can they win games and not really just putting my whole fandom into re- really what I'm talking about. And I've, I've really liked how you, how you guys have really stay consistent with that. Uh, but I, I'm just curious, you, you said that you're sort of like an all sports guy. And, and so you, you being mostly into New York teams, what is your favorite like football side team? So fo- football is my only outlier. I'm a Yankees, okay. uh, unfortunately the Knicks. Um, <laughs> I guess, I guess the blue shirts, the Rangers for hockey, but I'm not a big hockey guy, but uh, NFL, I'm actually a Broncos fan. Um, I just, when I was getting into football, it was kind of, uh, it was like Terrell Davis, John Elway, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of funny looking back when you, you make a decision like that and you're 10 or 12 years old, however old I was, who knows if it was because like Elway had some baseball ties. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love Terrell Davis though. Um, I wore his Jersey in like three straight middle school yearbook pictures, um, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm kind of a Broncos guy. Excited, excited for them a little bit too now. Yeah, I mean, especially with with Drew Locke. I mean, the Broncos finally have a quarterback. I, I'm 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 a pretty big NFL fan myself, and I really just like to look at the sort of different quarterbacks that are coming out of the draft and how they're going to really impact their teams. Especially when the Broncos drafted like Paxton Lynch or even Casey Kelly. I was like, maybe this kid can be you know potentially the next Tom Brady, especially since he was like the last pick. Um, but thank God that the Broncos finally have a guy in Drew Locke that they can pretty much trust. Yeah, we're we're gonna see, man. I mean, he they they got the weapons around him. They drafted Judy and Hamler this year. Uh, Corlin mm-hmm. Sutton broke out last year, and Fant was their first round pick. So I mean, they literally and kind of I I feel like NFL free agency got overlooked a little bit because I think it's when things kind of started going crazy. But they signed Melvin Gordon too, so they got Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay. Fan three wide receivers, so it's it's uh it's exciting, but it's also nervous because if Drew Lock isn't the answer, um, then we're kind of back at square one. But he he looks solid. His numbers aren't crazy impressive, but they you know he he won some games last year, so hopefully with some weapons, uh, they can take the load off of him. And I, I don't know, they're gi- they're giving him every opportunity to succeed, which is all you can ask. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, especially when he was going in the draft out of Mizzou, uh, he, he was he was one of the top quarterbacks coming out of that draft. Uh, but I, I mean, especially when the NFL free agency really happened, it was sort of when 
there was nothing going on with sports for like a month. And it kind of was just sort of like a slap in the face of just like, holy crap, like stuff is going on in sports. And it's especially for me, who, who's, who's really into all sports. I'm like, shoot, I need to cover some of this stuff. I need to talk about some of this stuff. Uh, but one of the biggest things that I, I bet has been really cool for you, especially grow, growing the Talking Baseball podcast, is being able to talk to a lot of these big sort of high high level uh, baseball players that are, are really just finding ways to ma- make a huge name for themselves. Like you guys had Christian Yelich on, you, you guys have had some, some incredible people on. And I was just curious, what is one of your favorite guests that you've interviewed? Yeah, man, the, the players thing is still kind of wild. Um, and we, we kind of have to take steps back at, uh, at certain points and just, you know, if you have a kind of crazy work week and be like, dude, you know, yeah, it's Friday and we're exhausted, but we talked to Jack Flaherty this week and <laughs> Lance Lynn or something mm-hmm. like that, you know. Um, I, I think Jack Flaherty is the one that's, that's been really cool. Um, and it's, it's kind of the baseball thing, right? Like if, I think if baseball stars were appreciated like football stars, I mean, Jack Flaherty is one of the best young pitchers in the game. I mean, he, his second half last year, he went nuts. Um, and yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's buddies with Trevor Plouffe, who we do stuff with now. And, uh, like they're both Cali guys. So, I mean, they're, and, and that was kind of one of the biggest things, um, getting Plouffe involved is that, um, you know, people just feel more secure if there's another player, just anyone you know. Um, so like Jack Flaherty never had like a guard up or anything. Like we, we've just had conversations with them. Um, and, and that's been, that's been really cool. Um, I'm trying to think interview wise, uh, who else have we been nervous for? Um, I don't know. I mean, going back to our Yankees days, like one of our first ones was Michael K who, I mean, you know, he's, yeah, I mean, he's, he's someone that like grew up in our living room. If you're a Yankees fan, I mean, he, he was there Mm -hmm. like every day for 20 summers basically. So I think that's, that's when we had some nerves there, but, um, I don't know, man. I, I think, uh, I, I, I don't know. Like we, we, we've gotten pretty lucky that we're in it now and we're, uh, we just want guys to have real conversations with us. We, we've had a couple run-ins mm-hmm. where guys kind of treat it full on interview and they give, you know, kind of the generic answer and it's like, come on, like, let's, let's not do this. So, um, right. so I, I don't know. I think, I think the stuff with Flaherty was cool. Cause we just, you know, it's just a conversation. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and we just we just had passing on the other day, and uh, we were text you, you and I were texting about it a little bit, um, and like man, he's he's just a cool dude, and it's funny you see him on ESPN or if you know him through Yahoo, and you know he's got the suit on and the hair up, but like he's he's a dude. Um, so when you find out that kind of stuff, that's the best. I mean, yeah, I, I even saw the video that uh, you guys posted on Instagram of you going up to him in the winter meetings, and you're so caught off guard. He's like. Steve, he's like, what did you say? And I, I heard it right off the bat, Steven Strasburg, and he, you probably just caught him off guard. And he was like, I'm sorry, I, I'm trying to think of so many different free agency names right now to, to, to answer your question. I don't, I don't know what's going on, but yeah, that must have been really cool to be able to have him on the podcast, especially with sort of what I said to you before, the guy with all the answers. It seems. Like. Yeah, and it's it's kind of funny because we at winter meetings this year. Uh, like we, we said hi to him and he knew us and stuff. So that was really cool. And he was super friendly. So we're like, dude, you know, we, we were set up all of winter meetings. We just had like a table and anyone who wanted to sit and talk with us, we did it. So we're like, Oh, pass him. You got to come over, man. And he's like, honestly, dude, like I am on the clock. (laughs) 
Um, so that's what, <laughs> and that's what he said for this too. I was like, and, and it was, it was perfect timing because Ploof dropped the potential MLB coming back bomb, which, um, right. you know, it, I, I think it wasn't perfect reporting, but it was, uh, like it was all true. Like you, if you want to get in a bicker debate with uh, a real journalist, you can, but, um, and then I, I think it was just perfect timing because a passing came on and he, uh, I don't know. He was kind of funny. He critiqued like the tweet a little bit and he said, you know, you're, he, he, he but he gets it. Like, he's like, no, you had information right. from some players and some different guys and I totally get it. But at the same time, you got to be super careful with how you phrase stuff and blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, man, he, uh, and that's the thing. I mean, even yesterday when we talked to him, it was like, and, and, and that's the other thing. It's knowing your audience a little, but I was like, Hey man, you know, let's let's aim for like three thirty tomorrow. Um, but we totally get it if you if if you have to be flexible because his life is you know being the first with the story. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, he uh, he messaged us a little before that. He's like, hey, can we go a little earlier because I got to do ESPN at three fifty? And it's like, fine, Jeff, fine. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I mean, I mean, especially to know that. Like what his schedule is like. I mean, it's it's like a dream for any for any like baseball fan that is trying to report uh, report on sports. But I, I mean, to, to to let the listeners know pretty much what you're talking about with, with Trevor's tweet. He he tweeted. And I, I remember I saw this on Bleacher Report. I was like, wow, what a perfect way to market market the podcast. So Trevor tweeted, "Want some good baseball news? I've just heard from multiple sources that on June 10th, spring training two will start, and on July 1st." will be opening day and all teams will be playing in their home ballparks and we'll be discussing it in full on the next talking baseball. And so I, I don't want to, I don't want any spoiler alerts for the listeners that have not listened to your guys' podcast yet uh, with Jeff Passon. but I was just curious if, if he brought up anything about the potential start of major league baseball, potentially starting in July. Yeah. I mean, we, we didn't, we honestly didn't dive too, too far into it. Cause we, it was just like 25, 30 minutes and we were, we were just kind of chewing the fat, but, um, it's, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. They're, they are pushing for that. And we like Trevor has, you know, he knows a lot of people in the game. He, uh, he's, we, when we initially hung out with them, it was kind of, we wanted to get involved with, you know, someone that had some more connections in baseball and, when Trevor reached out at the same time, you're nervous because everything we built, you know, we'd built ourselves and you don't want to let the lion into the den or, or the chicken coop or whatever the phrase mm-hmm. is. Um, and dude, he's, he, he's been awesome. Like he's, you know, ex player, super friendly, um, personable, well, well connected. And he's also like a family guy. Um, so he, he checked all the boxes, but yeah, man. So he, he had some guys telling him, um, that, you know, uh, that they heard the June 10th for spring training 2.0, July 1st kickoff. Um, and again, that that's what was heard. And some organizations were kicking that around. And a, again, the, the official offer hasn't been presented yet um, from MLB to the players. So, you know, and, and that's kind of where the journalism part gets, you know, even, even if those dates are what Trevor heard, like those dates could end up being different in the official proposal. Everyone's talking about doing this potential Fourth of July kickoff for, uh, you know, the symbolic effect of it all. But yeah, it would it would be right. a it would be, and I think again, there's still lo- little details that 
that are kind of trickling out and we don't know the full truth of it, but the rumor is it would be almost spring training 2.0 at each team's home stadiums. Um, and basically it would be two weeks of, you know, getting ready and kind of interleague scrimmage, inner, inner squad scrimmages. Um, and then from there they'd, they'd be playing baseball. So it's, um, and again, like even when I say that, if if you're a baseball fan or a sports fan, you have to have so many questions come to mind, and they still are there. I mean, between testing and travel and everything, right. um, but uh, it's definitely a step in the right direction. Baseball is going to try to do something because um, there's just so much money on the table if they if they don't. Um, but it's you you got to make sure it's safe because, like, man, if someone gets sick or Jesus, if someone like gets COVID and dies or something. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, it, it you start leaving the realm of sports and what's worth it. So uh, they got to be careful, but I, I mean, I think they're going to make a push for it, man. Yeah. I mean, that, that would be a huge PR oh. nightmare if, if, if something like that happened. And I, I mean, it, it's really interesting too, how the Korean baseball league has been able to, just be able to ease into playing. And I, I read up a little bit on it, and, and they talked about that they test their players twice a day. Uh, but something that I read from Sean Doolittle, he said, we're in such close proximity, it's impossible to enforce social distancing measures in a clubhouse when you're trying to play Major League Baseball season and prepare for games. And so it'll be really interesting to see how they actually will social distance. But, I, I mean, the other plans, like the Arizona slash Florida plan and then the – out of nowhere, Japan plan. Either of those made no sense to me, and I think that this is really the only way that baseball can actually come. Yeah, back. and that's um, and and we're we're gonna see some stuff in the coming days. I uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day. I think it was Rosillo podcast, um, and they were talking about the Premier Lacrosse League, and I guess they're trying to do like the bubble. Um, they're not sure where they're gonna do it yet, but they're gonna try to kind of keep everyone in a bubble. That's hey, you're either at the practice field, you're at the game field, or you're at the hotel, and they're going to make, like, a dining hall. And, um, I mean, it, it's it's an interesting thing, and it's especially for a league like that that's new, um, you know, maybe the guys might be more in for it, and they could get some – I think what their plan was, because the Olympics was supposed to be on NBC, um, you know, they're going to get their product instead of the Olympics on NBC, which for the lacrosse league – and if you're those players trying to start a league and make more money, like it's probably it's it's more worth it for them to try to do that and potentially isolate from their families and things like that. Um, where meanwhile, I mean, MLB, it, it just never seemed super realistic. Um, and and again, that's the testing. And, you know, it, it starts getting tricky because it almost turns into a political conversation. But um, if, if the testing's there, you know, everyone's been preaching that and it becomes this tricky thing where, you know, our athletes taking tests away from, you know, us, us regular people or whatever. Um, so, I I don't know, man, I, you know, I, I don't know how the world runs too well, but, you know, I feel like everyone's been screaming for more testing for weeks and hopefully there's scientific companies and there's, uh, other, you know, uh, companies producing more tests and stuff so that there's there is a way to figure this out because you're right and it, it I, I think that's that's been one of the biggest things that now we're kind of within the walls of baseball a little bit you you have to read through the lines a little bit and so like some of the details that came out in that original 
Arizona report. I mean, the the social distancing in the stands with the players, like players are going to interact, <laughs> man. That's what players do. Um, and like, what what if there's a runner yeah. on first base? Is the first base not supposed to hold them on? Because you know that's closer than six feet. So you know, so, some some of that <laughs> stuff is kind of eyewash, and you wonder why they're even putting it out there. Um, and like for a while, we kind of thought they were putting that stuff out there just to throw people off the scent and be like, "Hey, we're trying, but we're actually just going to cancel the season." Um, I don't know. Everything we've heard, they they really do want to go for it and get. Uh, a full season of some sort because I don't know I, I you know the exhibition tournaments and things like that I, I just don't think players are going to risk their arms or their bodies doing something like that when it when it wouldn't matter for a world series exactly I, I mean especially some of the players that have, have conditions or family members that have conditions and something that Passon actually brought up that I thought was kind of interesting is that Mike Trout's wife is going to be having a baby yeah. in August and it's it's the whole sort of question if he would take that risk the the most famous and, and you know greatest player on the planet at the moment like would would he take the risk of playing baseball I, th- I think he would but I mean if he doesn't play you know what I mean there's gonna be no viewership but I mean, it is really interesting with like how they set up the divisions and everything as well. I, I think it's kind of cool that the Yankees and the Mets are in the same division. And I just wanted to know what your thoughts. Are yeah, about that. It, it'll be interesting. And I, I, again, like I, that's some of the details that I I don't know yet. Like, are they um, if that is still the plan that the teams are going to do spring trainings at their homes and then do the bubble thing? Um, you, you know, it mm-hmm. it would be fun uh, for me. I, I still. Again, and like, you know, I, I'm i sure if I spent all day, I could make up some BS plan that had a ton of holes in it. But um, I, I, I still want to keep the integrity of the division somehow. Um, you know, I, I know when they originally were talking games, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I was thinking if because it went from, OK, we'll do the Arizona bubble to maybe Arizona, Florida. OK, maybe three cities. For me, I, I just jumped into like, well, if it's going to be easier to be a little more spread out, like why not do the six divisions at six different domes um, and just kind of bang out your division mm-hmm. schedules and then maybe we'll see either where the country is or make another plan from there. Because um, I don't know. I, I think it just starts getting really tricky because like you, like you mentioned, I uh, am a Yankees fan, but I, I grew up in Connecticut. I mean, some, some of my best friends are Red Sox fans. Some of, I, I think my, my background in this profession is growing up at cafeteria tables debating Jeter and Nomar and just doing the whole thing. Um, so, like, <laughs> I, I just don't want to get to a point in this season where – you know, we've got funky divisions and, you know, hey, let, let's say the Yanks are doing great. And, you know, I, I just don't want 29 other fan bases saying like, oh, well, this World Series doesn't count. It's bullshit. Um, and, you know, it, hey, same thing for exactly. the Red Sox. I know this was supposed to be, uh, you know, not not their main year trading Mookie and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, in a shortened season, a lot can happen. So I, I think there just needs to be a mutual fan handshake mm-hmm. that, if that is what sorts out, like, hey, let's all agree at the start that this either counts or doesn't count. And um, I don't know. I think if you get 80 to 100 games, you can really eliminate that argument. But if you start getting into smaller formats or tournament formats or stuff like that, people just aren't going to buy it. 
Exactly. I, I mean, I even thought about that as well. Like, I mean, whoever wins the, the championship this year in, in really any sport, because I mean, we don't know what's going to happen in the NHL or the NBA. I mean, fans, like you said, are just going to be like, yeah, well, they didn't actually win it. Well, I mean, what else are you supposed to do? They, they, they did. Like, it's, it's, it's sort of like a, uh, a different way, I guess, obviously, just, just conforming to what is going on right now around the world. But I mean, going, going into your, going into your point with the Yankees, I, I mean, it'll be really interesting to see how they do perform this year. I mean, they got a bevy of injuries with, with, you know, Aaron judge with the stress fracture in his right rib. We got James Paxton with a lumbar surgery, Severino, Tommy John, you know, Stan stands on the DL again. And then you got Aaron Hicks as well. So I was just curious on, on, on if you were sort of nervous if these injuries were going to make, make the Yankees not perform as well and, and how maybe this delay has really helped some of those guys. Yeah, really I mean, back. I mean, last year was insane. Um, at the Yankees, quite literally, this isn't fan exaggeration, had the most injuries of a baseball team ever. Um, so we really saw the depth of the organization and it's um, – it's honestly the difference between big, kind of the bigger organizations, and it's something that I, I don't think a lot of fans fully appreciate. And I think we were talk, we talked to Adam Adovino, um, and we were just talking about some of the differences between, you know, being a Rocky and being a Yankee and things like that. And he said, "Man, being a Rocky was a lot of fun. Um, you know, pitching at core is not as fun, but he was like, you know, we we had some good teams out there. Arenado, Story." Um, and he was like the part the part that kind of sucked is we there's a couple years where they went toe to toe with the Dodgers but the Dodgers depth is just so much better like if if you're an organization like the Rockies you don't have guys to backfill where i mean look at what the Dodgers have done the past few years they just keep bringing up new guys um so uh for the Yankees i think you know a, a lot of those guys you mentioned were supposed to miss the first like month or so i mean Paxton uh Giancarlo th- those mm-hmm. guys are healthy now um Judge is kind of the only big question mark and i mean he's uh, quite literally the biggest question mark um and it's a weird injury i think they're supposed to give one more cat scan and it's either from there it could be fully healed or it could be like oh boy we got to figure something out so um, I don't know. I, I mean, for the Yankees in general, I think end of the day, uh, I think Hicks would be closer to coming back. I think Stanton's ready. Paxton's ready. I think initially people were saying like that would be a good thing for the Yanks. And I think so. But um, uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I kind of just want baseball at this point. And like it, the Yankees, we are a little spoiled with our depth that, you know what, if it's Aaron Hicks, Mike Talkman, or Brett Gardner in center field for opening day. Like, I don't care. I just want opening day. Yeah, I, I totally understand what you mean. And, I mean, it's also crazy to even really look back on, on how Giancarlo Stanton's time with the Yankees has really, has really, you know, panned out. I mean, it's sort of seeming like it's going to be a Jacoby Ellsbury 2.0. I mean, if he keeps on getting injured twice a year like that. And, and so – I was just curious on, on sort of throughout those years with Jacoby Ellsbury as a Yankees fan, like what were you thinking in your mind, especially knowing that you or the Yankees were paying him twenty five million Yeah, man, it was – um, I, I think when we knew we were still in this weird part of baseball that maybe we're not out of, but um, I don't know, man. Like a, a lot of those contracts during that time period were, were terrible. And I think even when the Yankees signed Jacoby – 
it was a a little desperation. It was B to get him away from Boston. And C, you were just hoping that Jacoby was good for half of the contract because he was an injury-prone, speed-based mm-hmm. center fielder, which, um, you know, speed speed never ages well, and he already had an injury history. Um, so I, I think we kind of knew coming in that that contract wasn't going to age well, but it was kind of a knee-jerk reaction at the time. And I don't know. I, I mean, when you're a fan in that moment, you, you kind of want the best players on your team and you, you talk yourself into it. Um, Stan's not there yet. I, I think Giancarlo Stan's got kind of one of the weirder rapports or reputations around the league. Like, yes, last year was brutal. He, he got banged up. Um, the couple years before that, he was pretty healthy. Um, and, you know, this first year with the Yankees, he was learning the new league which, you know, people say is an excuse, but when you play in a division like you do and you see the same pitchers year over year, you start to know the NL East when he was in the Marlins. And now, you know, that was his first year in the AL East. Um, He learned the pitching a little bit. He was nicked up himself. He had a hamstring injury, but he played through it because the Yankees had a lot of other injuries. Um, I mean, he could barely get around the bases. So, um, I don't know, man. I... um, I think the Giancarlo contract, because there's still a lot of years left, there will be a day when it probably doesn't look too pretty. But I, I think, man, give give him an opportunity. Um, and he really earned some Yankee fans respect last year because the few games he did come back for, um, man, he looked like a little kid out there. And, and you kind of forget that, you know, I mean, this guy was an NL MVP and he kind of becomes this after afterpiece for the Yankees. Right. Um, there's definitely some, like, Jeter A Rod effect um, with Judge and Stan just because teams like guys that come up in their own organization. Um, but my fun one that I, I can leave 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 you with, which is my God, I hope baseball comes back. Um, is man for the like MVPs and Cy Young races and all those things. If you give an abbreviated season, I mean, you start thinking about the different dudes on teams that could go out and have a real chance to do it. I mean. Look at the Yankees, man. I, I, I'll, I'll let you tell me where my bias kicks in, but, you know, say Aaron Judge was healthy for the full 100 games. He could have a shot. Um, Giancarlo Stan, he's a guy that's done it. Um, you know, slap a couple homers. Why not? Um, I know this this will probably get under some Sox fan skins, but, hey, Gary Sanchez, man, if he could catch the ball, he's the quickest AL player ever to 100 home runs. I mean, what – what a comeback for him that would be. Uh, Glaber Torres, if he gets enough games against the Orioles. And if I am sounding Yankee-centric, um, I mean, you could you could play that game with the Sox, too. I mean, guys like uh, Devers, um, Bogarts, if they put it together for 100 games, like, there's a lot mm-hmm. of guys that can do that. And, you know, I, if Trout's around, um, <laughs> he's always going to have a little bit of a leg up. But you start getting into some crazy fun stuff when you start dreaming about the shortened season. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even one one of the name that I could bring up for the Red Sox is is it seems like the villain right now in Boston, which I'm I'm, I'm hoping that he will uh, make Red Sox fans sort of love him in in some sort of way. But Alex Verdugo, you know, Red Sox fans when he got traded over the Sox, like you kidding me? This kid from Mookie and like. I, now we're seeing him grinding down in, in Fort Myers, and now his back injury is all right. So we could potentially see Verdugo go out and pop 30 homers in Fenway 
and hit, you know, maybe, maybe 300 and become a star for the Red Sox for the next five years or so. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I mean, you, you never really know. You know. Shortened season, and I think about a guy, how Verdugo plays, and I, I think the Red Sox fans have seen it in recent years. Find that monster, man. If if you if you can find the stuff you can handle and just crank it, and you know if you can take that pitch the other way and flick it off the monster, which I think Verdugo can be that guy. Um, you know, in this shortened season, I don't know about thirty yackers, but I, I could see the batting average even above that. No, yeah, one hundred percent. No, yeah. Th- th- now, now that I'm thinking about what I just said, thirty would be more of a for him, yeah. But you uh, that that could be the home run you know, we, this year, you know. We, Exactly. I, I mean, especially with what you were talking about with Stan, when when he got hit by the pitch by um by uh I, I'm blanking on his name right now, but the uh fires. the guy the guy who who routed on the Astros and and hit and yeah fires yeah yeah, yeah. Hit, who hit who hit him and then like the home run where Stan just pointed at him oh my god even as a, even as a baseball fan I was yelling for him like yes yeah, Stan like he popped the hell out of that baseball and just really stuck it to fires because I mean. Fires put him on the ground and put him yeah, out of man. baseball and, for and like two or three months. And Carl was definitely a streaky hitter. I think he'd even admit that. Um, but man, when when he's locked in, I mean that that fires game, he was swinging the stick well, and it was basically, you know, hey, if you put one in here, I'm gonna get it, and he did. Yeah, yeah, that was an unreal play. But Jake, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show today, and I, I hope. Uh, I, I hope the best for you for, for the for the future to come, and ho- hopefully we can talk more baseball uh, more in July, more in the summer. That sounds good to me, brother. Uh, be be good, fellow Jake. Absolutely. So everybody can go and follow Jake on Instagram or Twitter. Is talking Jake, and go over and check out Talking Baseball on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And they just came out with an interview with Jeff. Appreciate Passes, it, man. So go over and check that out. Thanks again, Jake. You too. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.